We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, 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 with Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm Professor Ryan Navas. With me today, we have Heat Twitter President Alf. What's up? And we have our guest for the day, uh, Mr. Brendan Tobin of 790 The Ticket. How are you, sir? Welcome to the program, your maiden voyage. I appreciate it. Thank you for finally reaching out with the invite. That's Alf, dude. I'm excited. guest booker. That's on him, man. Well, listen, I can respect that as a guest booker. I wouldn't want to book me either. No, that's Tobin's fault. He just followed me recently. That's the thing. <laughs> and we and we and we never got we never got into a Twitter beef. Usually, I got to get into a Twitter beef with somebody first, then we make up, and then I invite them on the podcast. That's just how it works. Well, after seeing this weekend Twitter beef between Rappaport and everybody on Heat Twitter and the Levitard show, I I think I'm gonna pass on these for a while. Can we talk about how on air Mike Ryan folded and did not mention Slim at all? Yeah, I don't know what that was. Like uh, Slim was fully in on it, but I I listened to Rappaport's podcast today because uh, I you know just knowing it's not I actually like I, I liked Rappaport's podcast you know because it's usually just twenty five minutes of a crazy person. Um, <laughs> And that was him on Twitter. Yeah. So I was waiting for when this was going to go down. And I was upset that Slim didn't make the cut of the people he was ethering. It was just strictly left to the Levitard show of Mike Ryan, uh, F boy Roy, as he so eloquently (laughs) dubbed him. And uh, and then, of course, he kept calling Dan a cupcake boy. And they kept uh, using Stugatz's name, John Wiener, like it was some kind of insult. Uh, but it was it was good stuff, man. I don't know if they'll play any of it back. I think they're kind of just going to let it die. But, I mean, 
I think a good a good beef like this, I would let that ride, but maybe ESPN saw him to chill on it. I don't know. I thought Slim was the one doing the, I mean, Slim was the meanest. Easily the meanest. Yeah, Easily. Slim. He's Slim, a habitual. He was, was – there's parts of it that weren't even just funny. It was just like me. I was like, oh, my God. Man. I was like, I feel bad. But Slim – I mean, Slim was, you know – He grew up on slander. He's old school heat Twitter, man. That's Yeah, yeah that's how that's that's how we – that's how he rolls. He is. He's from the hard streets of heat Twitter, man. I mean, he is uh, – but he's a habitual line stepper. He is. And he went <laughs> he, he went he went deep into that Google machine to get uh, to get Rappaport upset. Uh, I definitely for sure, though, listened to the podcast today. Like, the thing that upset Rappaport the most was the herpes thing. Like, that was by far – That was so mean. That was by far the thing he was – she was like, I had a thing that got infected – you you think I let myself get herpes and, and let myself be photographed? <laughs> I'm like I don't know, man. I don't know how Lucy is. That is that your defense? There's nothing wrong with getting herpes. It happens. Nothing. <laughs> it happens. To the no, there's a lot. No, there's a lot wrong with getting herpes. The problem is he got he got so defensive about it. Like it's like the first rule of Twitter: don't react. Like he reacted so harshly to the herpes stuff. Everyone knew that was the button to keep pushing. You keep pushing the herpes button. Yeah, I mean, listen. It's it's a tough it's a funny thing like it's tough to wonder like who's beefing up and who's beefing down in that case but you know Rappaport's no dummy he's hoping that gets on national ESPN and that that's been the thing. yeah so at all no they didn't that's I mean I wish they would have but I get it like they want to just kind of let it die he did it but locally. he did it locally which is yeah a little bit they they were playing it back he was playing it back and reacting to everything today on the Rappaport podcast. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, I would let this, I would let this brew on, man. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> well, it's good for Rappaport. It's not as good for Dan. I mean, Dan doesn't need it. Rappaport, I don't know. No, I, I don't know how good it was for him. Like Rappaport didn't have like a reputation for being like this scrub D-list actor, nobody with a herpes sore before this. But, like, no, yeah, it was like, <laughs> like, I mean, Rappaport was like he had his like niche audience. Like, he was, um, yeah, he was he was like a gimmick. Like, he would just, all right, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna rant about the Knicks. I'm gonna show yeah, up on every sports show, and that's it. He was turning into like the Knicks Bill Burr, like not as funny. But now it's just like he's like he's a clown. Like he got a, he's supposed to be the guy that comes around ethering people and getting loud and getting. I mean, he got just to completely torn apart by just complete randos on heat on heat Twitter on Twitter altogether. That it wasn't 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been bad. Prime it would have if it was at full strength. Prime City, yeah. Heat Twitter, or Scott. Oh my god, machine! Like, dude, it's over. No, I feel. I feel like we were back for one day, man. Like, I know this. It was. <laughs> I know this weekend, was. That didn't die. In a yeah. Day. <laughs> This is Mike. This is Mike Ryan's fight. But like, as soon as I saw Slim get in on it, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to raise the Heat Twitter flag. Let's all get in on this." It was fun, man. Like, it felt like we were attacking Michelle Beadle or Skip or you know Will Bond. You know, so you know, it felt like it felt like it, we were us again, man. It was nice. It's sad because now we're like attacking Matt Moore of CBS Sports because he thinks that we're an eight seed. <laughs> It's like, how dare you, Matt Moore of CBS Sports? So much fake outrage. So much better than Seed. I am fake outraged by him, Matt Moore. Like, let's go. Oh, 
oh, ooh, these guys should be tanking. It's like, all right, man, we get you. Like, it's going to be the best draft ever. Like, like can't, let's never enjoy sports. Hard hard talk, parox, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> hard wood game. Paroxysm. Anyway, he blocked me, so forget that, dude, man. He blocked you, too? Yeah. <laughs> He's such a sensitive How, who's bitch. Who's the person that you're blocked by that doesn't make any... Was it Tony Fiorentino? Tony Fiorentino, How yeah. blocked by Tony Fiorentino? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I got my, my funniest block, because I haven't been blocked by many people. I mean, I've been blocked by Dan Gilbert. I think yeah. everybody has. You're not I think everybody has. Unless you're blocked by Dan Gilbert. But the funny thing was, was I am blocked by Pat Riley's son. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, there was a... He has a son? <laughs> Yeah, his son's on Twitter. Uh, which one? I think James Riley. And I was, I, I got, I got full bore into this thing a couple of years ago, trying to find Pat Riley's Twitter account, and I, I found it. I for sure found it. Yeah, you it found was just it. This egg, and but I think in my snooping, I think uh, I think Pat Riley's son did not want me uh, finding out anything. He had a boring Twitter account anyway. It's all about photography and real estate. Like I had, and I was like, this, this is. This is not like uh, what I was expecting the son of Pat Riley to be doing on Twitter, but that is by far my strangest block. I think I think t- Tony is mine, um, but I'm, I mean I'm blocked by everybody like Will Bond, Whitlock. Um, I got blocked by Ravel, even though like that was like that was a unicorn during Heat Twitter's heyday. Like, could you get blocked by Darren Ravel? Oh my because. Omar Kelly, I've never even followed Omar Kelly or added him, and he blocked me. Really? Yeah, do you know how sensitive you have to be? Like, I'm not even a Dolphins fan. I barely tweet about the Dolphins. Like, I must have retweeted something that made fun of him for him to block me, but... That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, he's he's another sensitive one. Poor little poor little cupcake, snowflake, whatever you want to call him. You want to save space, Omar Kelly? <laughs> Huh? I still don't know how you got blocked by <laughs> like, dude. I do. I don't even. I, and honestly, if anybody should block me, it should be E. Reed <laughs> from the Heat. Pro, bro, oh, yeah, I, like from seven ninety. Oh, him too. I, I don't. You were I don't want to get Tobin in trouble. That that guy should have blocked me too. Poor. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't ever see Eric on Twitter anymore. Eric Reed from Seven Ninety. I don't never s- tweeted. No, he was barely on, and I used to just attack him all the time. But <laughs> E. Reed, E. Reed from the Heat broadcast, like he pissed me off one night, and then I caught him uh, flirting with like some young girl on Twitter, and completely blew it up. Even Lousen said I went too far on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if Lousen is telling me, like, sl- settle down, like, Lousen of meet me outside of Tootsie's fame, like, <laughs> I knew I went too far. I was like, okay, yeah, that might be my bad. That guy's married and has kids. You're so inside he took it right yes. Yeah, this, it got really inside yeah, really quick. Like, we love that, but, like, I don't know how much of the audience knows what the hell we're talking about. Well, learn him something. Yeah, give him a history lesson. You got to learn. Uh, I think uh, on our site, Rob Slater wrote a great um, history of Heat Twitter. Check that out on heatbeatmiami.com. It's really, really a good story. Rob Slater, at Rob Slater, did a good story on that. I cannot believe I haven't gotten blocked by Ira Winderman yet. All I do is anytime he tweets something, I say, did you find this from a secondary blank? <laughs> and I have no <laughs> idea how he isn't blocking it. <laughs> I had to get his son to tell him to unblock me. I hate his son. Really? <laughs> yeah, I had to tell Jake, like, dude, can you tell your dad to unblock? I didn't really care, but I think uh, somebody said, why don't you ask Jake? And I was like, hey, Jake, tell your dad to unblock me. Why do you want to and his dad. Tweets lies. 
<laughs> like you really have it in for Ira Winterman, so don't you? Bad. He's like Omar Kelly and Heat Journal. I don't mess with that. I heard him he's like OG. I mean, he has been doing it for so long. No matter what, you gotta like just I just leave it leave it be. I kind of do that with all the guys who have been around the Heat forever. But all these Johnny Come Latelys, like that's that's free range because or Anthony Chang. I haven't met Anthony Chang yet, so I can't speak on that. I haven't. He's a fun guy. I've been on the show. He's 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 pretty good. Is he good? He's been on us a couple. Times. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I haven't. That's cool. Yeah, I gotta check him out. I haven't. I haven't seen much of him. And then I think who's else doing their their beat now? D'Angelo. Obviously, I love uh, Manny Manny Navarro. He's great. Uh, good dude. But uh, yeah, but like Ira, it's just kind of like yeah. I don't think it's like a heat press conference unless I hear his voice. I mean, Ira Winterman, like you're doing hits with Hank Goldberg back in the day. He's been doing <laughs> it forever, man. Yeah, but he, and he he gets the first question in every press conference. Like, yeah, I think it's like a respect thing. I guess. I guess he's yeah. probably got. He's, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. been doing it forever. But they must like Ethan. I, I would imagine they like Ethan more. I mean, he, Ethan. I don't think Ethan's ever had a problem with his recording with them and Ira. I don't think I don't think it's like a I don't think it's like a like thing. It's just kind of like it's out of habit. It's like you're right there and they just hand out the microphones and Ira's in the same spot and they're all kind of just there in the front row. All the all the uh, the beat guys who ask all mostly the smart questions anyway. <laughs> they uh, they're all right up there in front. They pass the mic, but Ira's always got that mic first. Always got that mic first. I really miss. I mean, Ethan doesn't do much of covering heat anymore. But when he when he was a full time beat writer, he was one of the best beat writers the city's had. Yeah, for sure. Ethan's a good writer, man, and he was in. Like you could just tell he had a he had a good in with that crew. They respected him. I thought the good dynamic was actually uh, the year LeBron left. I thought it yeah. Was- yeah, the idea that he was going back and forth, and I felt like his uh, he was just starting the radio show, and I thought he just brought really, really great perspective from both sides, kind of giving you the dynamic on how everybody was feeling throughout that entire thing. Um, and I think the other interesting thing was it was it was cool having Ethan on and Dan on because Dan clearly had a lot of the management perspective on it, but Ethan had how the players were hearing it. Um, I thought that was I thought that really made for for very compelling uh, radio on our station. And they were back to back. Ethan was Ethan yep. before Dan, so it was like you get one perspective and bam, the other one. Yep. Oh. Ethan told a great story uh, when I forgot what happened, but it was something about heat management, and LeBron pulled Ethan aside and said, "Skolnick, what the bleep is going on down there?" So the, yeah, uh, yeah. Like it was, it was, it, it was probably yeah, it was probably with with Dwayne because I think LeBron probably figured that that Dwayne should have gotten like the Kobe deal, which you know I can see that I can understand that side from those guys. However, he probably would have gotten it if you didn't leave. <laughs> well, and that and he no, probably would have got that agent. It's that Henry. It was it Henry Thomas or what? well, yes. it's not even that he would have got it if he if he just took care if he participated. In the the recruitment of free agents, if he was a part of the whole thing, I think part of it they they he he separated himself from the organization, and I think that's where it all went bad. He he sided with LeBron, that rat fink, as Brendan likes to call him. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I think if he had just stayed, they would have paid him. Um, 
15, $12 million a year for another four or five years. Yeah, he I agree with that. He would have made out in the long run. He, he went for the, he went for the quick money and he felt disrespected, but he didn't, he never really, I don't, maybe he didn't look at it from Riley's side. Like Riley felt disrespected too. You're on a boat with LeBron dude. And we're trying to, we're trying to recruit Kevin Durant. What are you doing? There was a, there was a three year deal that he, yeah. had, that the, he turned down that would have solved every problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, yeah. That, that's totally fair. I do think, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting with Wade upcoming this year because, you know, we've debated this a lot on the show. Like, is he is he going to opt into his contract? Because I don't know if a team's going to give him that kind of money next year. However, it does seem like he is miserable in, in Chicago. But yeah. I do th- and I, I do think there's a couple of things like the one the, the interesting thing with uh, listening to his podcast with Woj, was, which was which was really good. Um, you know, Woj did ask him at the end, like is Chicago enough? And he did say yes. Like his kids are there. His kids are in high school. Um, and so if you're giving them as right, the only team that's going to pay him over 20 million next year, his kids like it there. And as long as Jimmy Butler's there, he's, he's going to have something. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere else. I don't, I don't, I don't buy this fact Like he's going to go and, and, and head to Cleveland and play for $8 million or the, or the minimum. I think, I think he sucks it up. I think he eats that year and, and then he'll kind of scope it out. Maybe they'll all go and do that banana boat team in, uh, in LA. You don't think he's going to want to play this last year here? <clears throat> maybe. I mean, maybe he will. I, I, I guess it probably depends on, probably depends on what, what, LeBron is going to do in Cleveland. I don't think he's. I don't think Wade's going to go and, and saddle up to him in Cleveland. I don't think he wants to live in Cleveland. He's a big city guy. Um, so I, I think I think the way I see it with Wade is, yeah, if I think he rides out next year in Chicago and he either wraps it up down here or he does the the L.A. thing with yeah, Chris I see Paul or Carmelo or all of them. Who knows. Yeah, I see a Clippers or a Lakers thing happen. Not Lakers, probably a Clippers thing. Um, but yeah, I told but I think you're right. I th- the only way I see that changing is like if at the end of the year uh the Chicago season ends catastrophically, like miss the playoffs, like I mean drop down to like an 11 seed or you make the playoffs and get swept, like I I mean embarrassingly, like I could see I could see maybe him making a decision like, okay, I'm, 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 ru- I'm really ruining my legacy right now. Um, but man, like he is not getting anywhere near twenty million anywhere else. I, I mean, not even so. close. Yeah, and, and so if you're <laughs> a team like Denver, might. No, yeah, not near, no, I mean, not near twenty million. I'm t- there's no way, dude. No way. You know, well, there was recruitment from Milwaukee last year, and they have been, you know, they started off. You know, they started off hot, and and everybody was ready to don. You know, Greek freak in a Bucks jersey. Oh god, I don't either. Oh, but god, I but that. Oh. I yeah, I could see maybe they would be a team that say, all right, here's one year, whatever, and he's our vet. He's going to teach these guys how to win. Um, you know that out of those teams that pursued him, I could see them kind of coming back into the mix. I kind of see a situation where he opts in. He takes some money that he made such a big show about. And if Miami is any semblance of playoff good, maybe they need a second ball handler, playmaker, and they want to bring him on for maybe like a team. No. No? No. I don't don't know. I don't know how they they feel or anything, the organizations specifically. 
I know that Dwayne's the the way that the way the organization is trending now, and I guess maybe now we can transition into this year's Heat team. Like they're they're going so young, and like guys who can play both ways. I mean, defense oriented. They need shooting, like. Dwayne doesn't, and it sounds crazy to say it, but Dwayne doesn't fit down here anymore. Like it sounds blasphemous, but he doesn't. Um, you're right. It would have been the interesting thing would have been, um, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk on how Dwayne and Goron just didn't mesh well together, and that he's doing better with Dion. But I do wonder if Dwayne really got ever would have gotten like the best Goron because Goron came in last year out of shape. He did not shoot like this. And I do wonder if, if those, and Dwayne was in the best shape he's been in a long time last year. And if you would have gotten this Goron Dragic with that Dwayne Wade, is it just a clash of styles or was just Goron not up to snuff last year? So I do wonder that, but I mean, clearly they are paying at a pace like that Goron does enjoy more. And, and Dion's been a lot more well-rounded than I ever thought he was going to be. In terms of, in terms of their play styles, they're the, the the heat are the top team and drives to the rim uh, adjusted for pace per game. So it's like, that's what Dwayne was doing, you know? So I agree with you, Tobin. Like, I think a lot of this has to do with, with Goron's condition and not really with Dwayne and Goron not fitting because Dion's doing the things that Dwayne would have done in terms of attacking the basket. Maybe not spreading the floor so much, but their minutes get staggered anyway. Yeah, but and also what we're looking at is we're looking at Goron's individual numbers, but we look at the team last year. The team was better. Like I know everyone's getting caught up in the streak, but last year's team was better than this year's team. Oh, but they- last year's team was players. Yeah, but last year's team also was a game away from Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah, maybe Goron looks better next to um Dion Waiters, but at the same time, is that is that better for the team per se? What I'm saying more is just the the direction the Heat are going in. A guy like Dwayne doesn't necessarily fit with what they're trying to do. Everybody on the floor for the Heat outside of the bigs well, not even outside of the bigs, outside of the five position, is able to shoot threes right now. Like, that's not Dwayne's game. No, you're right. But they were better last – I mean, and, and they also had better players. But And the spacing is a, is a thing, yes. And the reason why this team is successful is because they have five guys shooting over 40% right now during since January 16th. So, yeah, you're right. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's, it's kind of – you kind of you, you can fit Dwayne Wade as a ball handler, as a guy who can cut, as a guy who can screen, especially now that this James Johnson thing at the five and the four, handling pick and rolls. Dwayne did a lot of that with LeBron, screening for LeBron, creating mismatches all over the floor. So like, I guy, I, like I think it's, make that fit. No, you're right in what you're saying. It's the other. It's the, I think it's the other side of the floor too. That's an that's an issue. Um, I mean, you got guys right now that are offensive liabilities but are locked in on defense and Spo keeps playing them um just because of what they bring and then you know and that and that's one of the things I think that's uh, that's kind of mischaracterized like we see the 16 straight games of scoring over 100 I don't know if that's what this team is <laughs> like I don't think that's what this team is I think they are better offensive why that is so impressive they're playing at a pace since the streak started at 98 which is 98 98 possessions Roughly around 48 minutes. 
I don't know what that means. Okay, it means that they're not. <laughs> it means that they're not playing fast. They're nineteenth in the league. They're just efficient as hell. No, they're just. It's because you can score points if you play fast. They're not playing fast, and they're clubbing teams offensively. That's insane. The pace that they're playing, you shouldn't. And and then for it to get broken up by that high school defense they were playing against yesterday pisses me off. They have the eighth best offense in that time span behind. Tobin, how how much did that piss you off that zone? Oh my god, it drove me it drove me nuts yesterday, man. And I mean, to figure that they're gonna go the end of that game yesterday, just not nothing is nothing is going in after they've been so prolific. I was just like, oh. This is what's going to happen if if you guys guys like James Johnson and Deion Waiters ever have a bad game because I mean and they all have been playing out of their mind. But the other the other the other interesting thing about this has been you do have this this strange mix of a lot of guys who are playing desperate, a lot of guys who are not only you know who aren't some guys are are playing for reputation, but they're also playing to to get their money. And, you know, the fact that you have guys like James Johnson and Deion Waiters probably looking at what the market's bearing and that they're actually getting opportunities down here, you know, they can't show any flaws or, or show any soaking. They're not DeMarcus Cousins talent-wise where anybody's going to pay him for any of their, their, their mishaps. So the fact that these guys get into shape, they come down here, and they show that they can get on this kind of run, and if they are able to make the playoffs showing all these things, um, you know, it, it's going to make for an interesting dilemma for the Heat because, all right, uh, how many of these guys are you going to ride with? Because yes, they're all young, but you did get them in not only valuable circumstances as far as their contracts were this year, but you got them at I think peak hunger. It's kind of like Hassan. You know, one of the things that I've I've, I've uh, I thought has been missing from Hassan's game this year, and I know metrics waver back and forth with this thing, but the thing that I've always thought was special about him is. Dude was just a blocking monster. Like people did not want to go into the rim at him, and and and, and yeah. I think that would turn into him being a more energized offensive player. Um, and I think one of the things that with him getting his money, people said, "Oh well, you know, he's going to fall into the team more. He's not going to worry so much about those stats." But I do think those uh, those stats, like it's kind of like. It's like he's a unicorn, and you're just trying to be a gelding. Like he's trying to just fit into he, the he, system. He, he's making a lot of business decisions this year. Like you know, I, I you watch him, and you 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 see him size up a block, and he and he and he say, okay, wait, let me uh let me let this one go because. You know, I you know I might jump in the air. I might hit my my hand on the rim. I might fall. You know, he's making a lot of business decisions like this year, whereas last year he was just sending everything that came in, in, in within two feet of him. He was, and you know, he was he was keeping it in bounds. Where did Tony Fiorentino? But at, he was he was blocking everything. It just seems like this year he's making a lot of those you know decisions where. It's where he can't make that he can't make the he can't differentiate where okay I should stay with my man and 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 be and stay with my responsibility but sometimes you do have to sell out because you 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 can't just have shots right around the rim so I don't I don't know if he's making business decisions like you're saying maybe the hunger isn't there where he wanted to get triple doubles with blocks you know I I feel like there's a happy medium somewhere and I hope he figures it out but maybe the money is there maybe he doesn't need to figure it out 
they're seventh in the league in shots at the rim allowed, and they're eleventh in the field goal percentage at the rim. So teams are shooting fifty-one um, percent at the rim, which is good. It, it's good, but teams are going at him in a way that they weren't last year. Like I said, they're they're set. They have they allow the seventh most shots at the rim. That is not adjusted for pace, but they play slow, so that number is a little staggering. He's not even change. He's not even changing shots as much as he used to, no, where he wouldn't get the block. They're not as good as they were around the rim last year, but also they don't have as many good defensive players. And I think Justice Winslow not being there is going to affect that because the rim is not a one guy job. It's also preventing good players from getting to the rim which is what mm-hmm. Justice used to do because Magruder's been nice, but he wasn't Justice on defense last year. So the numbers don't look as good, but they're still good defending the rim primarily because of Hassan. And you still got Babbitt out there. And he's been good, man. The defense, Babbitt, <laughs> like that is <laughs> the greatest magic he's, has done. He's been, be- he's been better than expected. Let's not say he's good. Been, no, he hasn't been a disaster. <laughs> okay, that's not good. That's the standard. <laughs> Do you remember Gerald Green last year? He was a competent defender that would not do the disaster play. How excited were you for Gerald Green in the preseason last year? You're like, oh, man, this guy's going to be something. Before the flock happened. <laughs> yeah. No, oh that's God. the problem. When he had, when he was flock doing flock, he was awesome. <laughs> no, the fly, he they was awesome. They, they, he once he sobered. Flocka. Yeah, once he sobered up, he sucked. <laughs> But he went down. He went down the dangerous path, man. Like he went too far. He couldn't control himself. I mean, that or maybe Chalmers gave him a bad batch. I don't know. <laughs> How has that guy not gotten the contract? How did- I don't think his leg works, man. I guess that's got to be it. Did you see Norris Cole's going to get signed know, by the Thunder? I brought it up that Norris got a contract before Chalmers. That's insane. Somebody asked is- why, and I could not give a good answer. I think the crazy thing is though, like, how did they get? Like, was was that all just being masked by the big three, or did they? Did they? How did they just? How did those two just turn into the worst? Have you seen? Because Williams is with LeBron, he'll make anyone good. It's insane, man. Like, no, that's oh. infuriating. That is infuriating. Like, Derek Williams was barely an NBA player when he was here, and I don't care. Yeah. I don't, dude. I don't care how good the passes are. Like, make a layup, bro. Like, don't tell me that LeBron's passes are so good that it forces you to make layups. Like Derek Williams was just sorry here. I, I I know LeBron is awesome. Like and I know he makes players better, but like that dude did not look like he belonged on an NBA court when he was here. And now all of a sudden he's freaking Birdman in 2013. Get come on, still, he still never fixed Beasley when he was down here. I thought no, that would, that that would have been his Picasso. <laughs> he even he couldn't fix Beasley. He couldn't fix Greg Oden or Eddie Curry either. He's not points on fifty-seven percent shooting. Who? Derek Williams in a seven. You know what? Bleep Derek Williams, dude. I never. I'll, I'll never forget. Like the first we, from three. <laughs> crazy. Twenty percent here. Rat bastard, man. <laughs> he takes. He tanked to go to Cleveland. That's what he did. He did it on purpose. <laughs> I'm telling you. Nobody sucks that bad. That's dude. why he said Pat Riley's a man of his word. Yeah, he's like, dude, if I suck enough, will you release me so I can go play in Cleveland and win a ring? Do you put it past, though, like the fact that LeBron would have moles in the Heat organization? Because I, I honestly think Norris Cole was a mole at yes. one for the Heat organization. Like when he is forgetting how to inbound the basketball, you can't tell me that's not direct orders from Rich Paul. Yep. You can't yep, tell that, me. Direct that's, some, 
That some bitch was a saboteur. I'm telling you. I called him Norris Mole, in fact, <laughs> which was a clever play on words. It is. I like it. It. Rhyme, it rhymes with cold. Get it, Gianni? No? All right. All right. My feeble brain can't understand. <laughs> I want to get into last night a little bit, and particularly after the game, because they lost, and I was upset. And I haven't <laughs> felt this way in a long time. Like, normally, in the beginning of the season, I didn't care if they won or lost, because if they won, it was great. And if they lost, okay, Lonzo Ball. And as the season went on, they went like on so many losing streaks. I was okay with every loss. And now if we've talked about this ad nauseum, it was like, ah, I don't really care. I just like watching basketball. And if they lose, who cares? Because this season's not about anything other than Justice, Jay Rich, and draft pick. Then they went on this run. And they've been playing really good ball. And I'm invested in a playoff race. And they lost last night. I'm thinking, damn it, they need this game. They're playing home and home with Cleveland. They played Toronto twice to sell. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why do I care? No, you, you care because you like sports. It's normal. Like what's happened here, and it's one of the things that does drive me crazy as a a person who loves sports is you have to feel bad for liking sports at any level now. It's like you either – it's like because they were so good and they were epically – they, they were the, this championship juggernaut. They were the most covered team ever. You feel like, oh, it's only going to be at that level. That's probably never going to happen in franchise history again. Nope. It may never happen with a team you like ever again. It's like that's like Kane. That's like 2000, 2001 Canes. That's what that was. This it's like it's once, had once it three times, Tobin. Yeah, they had it with the Dolphins in '72. They had it with those Hurricanes, and they had it with the Heat. Right. So. There's nothing wrong with liking sports, just just enjoying it. And it was one of the things with the idea of wanting them to bring back, back Dwayne. The cause, sh- oh, no, my favorite player watching to watch was Dwayne Wade. So I don't care if that comes with, yeah, they may be a middling team. It's just what it is. The idea of getting Kevin Durant is fantasy. It's 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 crazy talk that you think you're going to hit the Powerball like that twice. Um, so it's good that. Heat fans are starting to care about wins and losses again because it's just normal. Like to feel like, oh no, no, I should be rooting for them to lose to get uh, a ping pong balls, a, a, a possibility that you might get a good player who could totally turn out to suck. Like Pat Riley I left Ron Ross. Yeah, he could be Pat Beasley. Riley, yeah, he could. Yeah, Pat Riley left Ron Rothstein's ass with that fifteen win team. They said, Ron. Listen, uh, I love you. You sit here. You babysit these guys. And they got Beasley out of it. Yeah. It, you know, so you just never know, man. Like like this idea. Like I, I am a Jaguars fan. All right. <laughs> They've Why? sucked forever. Why? I, I don't know. It's just I like the Mark Brunel jersey. It's a long story. It's a sad story. But none, none of it means it's going to play out. Be, just because you're bad for a long time. Does it mean it's going to play out? Look at look at the Sixers. Do you, I mean, do you know how insane I would be as a Sixers fan to know that every single year you're tanking, you're tanking, process, process, process. You've traded the rookie of the year. You've traded Nerlens Noel, who you all were stoked about. You get Joel Embiid. He can't stop taking his shirt off. He's shooting with no shoes. And this is the guy I'm supposed to trust him. Yes, it was an awesome 30 games. But, like, it would just – it would make me insane. So, yeah, the fact that, all right. Maybe they're not going to they're not going to be in the finals. Maybe if they get to the Eastern Conference semis, that's awesome for this team. That would be peak. But that's okay because imagine what the expectations were for this team. It's a really good story, and if you're a sports fan, you should love that. 
Tobin, like honestly, you're 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 preaching the gospel over here. Like you're, you're preaching to the choir. I am one hundred. I've been bleep tank season all year long, but man. I the draft picks. Yeah, bleep the draft. No, you know this is my problem. I'm like Tobin. Where when it came down to Dwayne, I was like, dude, just pay him. My favorite player to watch. Listen. I want him here. If they decide to pay him, I would love watching him. I, I just, I just want to watch him till the day he retires. Right? Absolutely. They didn't pay him, so then I'm like, okay, well, that actually was a smart decision. But no matter how I felt on the front end, being the pseudo intellectual fan and pretend, oh well, if you look at the salary cap and the way the, the the numbers work out, none of that would have mattered in the end decision. So. Either way, I it doesn't matter. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I can root for wins. And if they lose, they lose. They get a great draft pick. They get a great draft pick. But if I sit here as a fan and root for losses, like, what the hell is that? Like, what kind of miserable existence is rooting for losses? I don't affect the outcome whatever way I root. For. So I might as well root for wins. I might as well enjoy when they win because I couldn't imagine being a Heat fan, like watching that Pacers game and being upset that they won it. Like, Damn I couldn't it. imagine. Oh, George got ejected. Why? Yeah, like, why? Like, what, kind of, what kind of viewing experience is that? Like, what kind of fan experience is that? Dude, just root for wins. It doesn't affect the outcome either way. And if you get a great draft pick and your team sucks, great. But, like, this whole idea of, like, dogging fans who root for wins and sitting here rooting for losses, it's the weirdest thing in the world to me. Because also the guys, all the people who say, oh, that he should tank, uh, the, the guys who root for losses, they don't even watch the games. There's like, they don't. Because it's a miserable viewing experience. Right? Like, why would you watch the games to see your team lose? Are you calling up? Like, so I just don't get it. Like, if you're going to watch and be a fan, root for wins. I couldn't imagine having to stay up and watching Lonzo Ballgame. Listen, he may be great. His father <laughs> seems a little bit crazy, but I just, I, first of all, I'm not, I'm not a college basketball guy. I think it's, I think it's a horrible product. Um, but the two yeah, man, minute shot clock. It's just it's so bad. Like watching we I was I was over at Leroy's house watching that Virginia Canes game. It was the first Canes game I've watched, like from whistle to whistle. And oh my god, was that bad. Now I know they're taking on Virginia, so that's apparently like the extreme, but not a way to get me in with 29, 20 to nineteen at halftime. No. Oh. Pound the ball, pound the ball, dribble, and then there's a pick. And they don't even roll. It's just yes. a pick on the perimeter. They send and then like they, fifty picks, and they just pass. And it they don't. And yeah, they don't actually drive off the pick, or they don't actually make a play off the pick. The pick is for another pass. <laughs> like it's and it's thir- that thirty-five second shot clock. It might as well be an hour. It is the uh, that pounding the ball. It's the worst. Uh, Tobin's right. It's the worst product. I can't watch it. That's the worst. It's terrible. That's the worst but, product in sports. Yeah, just like imagine, like all right, think about two years ago where the Heat just missed the playoffs. First year, the Chris Bosh gets blood clots, and you fall into lottery, and you're like, all right, you know what? Concession. We get into lottery. We're gonna get a pick, and you get Justice Winslow. And everybody's like, oh, steal of the draft, fantastic. And listen, I think everybody's kind of bailing on Justice early, but he is 20 years old. And you don't know what you're going to get from year to year. Like, we're all thinking, ah, oh, this guy's going to be solid. He's going to play within himself. And it's like, no, he's going to come in here and he's going to take all the shots because he's like, yeah, I want to be the face of the franchise. So even a guy who seems as level-headed and as mature as it gets at 20 years old, you still don't know what you're going to get. And I, 
I just rooting for that year in and year out as a fan would just make me insane. And if you look at Philadelphia's situation, they drafting all the best players available. They ended up with three centers. They couldn't get rid of Okafor. <laughs> what are you, are you laughing at the baby? No, I'm laughing at the fact that they had three centers. They couldn't get rid of Okafor. Can you guys? Can you guys hear my child? Yeah. Is he wandering around? Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, we, been a good heard. Show. It's okay. It's great. He uh, he was he was he took a nap. He took a nap today at like five. He went on a walk, and now he's gonna be up all night. So yeah. So been there, been there. I bro. tried. I tried, man. I tried. Like I was like, oh, I got my daughter in bed early. Told her the lullabies. Told her the stories. I was like, listen, I got to be on the show. Like, you need to get to sleep. One more <laughs> tonight. Right, we'll sing the. Ethan's we'll sing you the truth to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't be reading. We read something about like uh, some princess who was a superhero. It was fantastic. Sounds feminist. Kept, kept sneaking away. Save <laughs> people. She couldn't let her friends know. Like I, I would say, like the moral of my story is, hey, be honest with your friends. Like I think if your there friends you thought you, were, you knew you were a superhero, I think they'd all accept you she for should, who you are. But she should go to. She wants to be sneaky. Way to read between the lines on that one, Tobin. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't just accept it for what it is. Just you got to dig deeper. Teach them early. She clearly didn't save the Sixers. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So they had three centers. Um, can't get rid of Okafor. They trade Jalen Noel, which well, he was a top ten pick. They got two second rounders for him. And he's good. Like he's he's good. He's better than Okafor. Dude, he he made the difference last night. Yep, freaking jumping around like a jackass. Everybody, everyone knew he was good in Philadelphia. He was good. I mean, Hassan like manhandled that one game, but he was good there. Well, it's weird because it's it's like it's either like Hassan or Nerlens Noel is just dominating either one. Like neither one of them have a back and forth. That's like I'm gonna take this quarter. You take this quarter. That's how it's been. Orlando got a lot of stuff for Gortat when he was the backup center. That's how you got to do it. He has to back up Embiid, and then when it's time to move him. You get players back, right? Because, but see, and this is, and this goes back to some of the stuff Tobin was talking about. Some of the stuff I've been talking about. When you are a losing franchise and you have assets, but all, the whole league has only seen your assets lose over and over. Like, look at Demarcus Cousins; only could get what a one for one first rounder and a second rounder. Yep. Like, if you're constantly losing, and the whole league just sees this guy. As a loser, like what has Nerlens Noel shown? He hasn't shown anything on a playoff stage. I mean, Lou Aldane goes out there and gets what fifteen million. Uh, Joe Johnson got a, a, a decent contract because these guys are on teams that have played in the playoffs. Like if you're if you can sit here and collect assets all day, but if your assets never win anything, they never show anything. You're not going to get anything back for them, so that's the that's the problem with just losing all the time. Now Nerlens Noel is a loser. Demarcus Cousins is a loser. So when you trade a loser, you get loser crap back for them, and and that's that's the position that these teams have put themselves in. And it's a problem with tanking. And another thing, when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to build a winner. And you make the playoffs a couple times. You get you add a couple pieces every year. You just don't go from being because those rookie contracts are going to run out, and guys are going to leave your team. Right? Yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Oh, the Sixers are going to be really good in five years. No, they're all going to. They're Embiid's going to. Yeah, leave. 
Yeah, all those guys are going to leave on their second contract. Like nobody's because they're because they, they're tired of being part of a loser franchise. Like you got to be like Anthony says, say, "Hey, look, we're building something. We're we're making if, the playoffs. We're getting better every year." If the, if this the market, yeah, if this if this the Marcus cousin thing doesn't work out, how long do you think Anthony Davis is going to stay in New Orleans? Oh, bye, gone. Like he he signed that extension, but he's not going to sign that second contract if he just continues to be a loser. Like that's that's what I'm trying to say. Even even uh, OKC, like they uh, I mean they at some point they couldn't afford these guys anymore. Like they had what? How many? Harden. They had Durant, Westbrook. They had three MVP candidates. Three MVP candidates on one team. Eventually, you can't afford all these guys. And so Jeff Green, Ibaka, who Jeff Green was. Oh, don't tell me about Jeff Green. No, don't don't ever. Alf at the time. At the time. No, no, there's no Jeff Green has always been. He's always been a fraud. That guy. He's he's Rudy Gay. That's all he is. <laughs> no, Rudy Gay's better than him. I, you know, I legitimately thought Rudy Gay was good for like three years. Yeah. No. Everybody. Everybody he's in every heat rumor ever. <laughs> How, he's does that, a, how does that happen? Like, who leaks that? Because he's like athletic, good looking, and like he looks like he could play ball, dude. Like he's a guy you you pick up at the court. Like be down here, like when he, he's going to be the guy who ends his career down. Like Amari, like Amari was always linked to Miami. Love it down here. Like Amari had his his one year down here. It's going to be the same thing with Rudy Gay. Last Gay last year of his career, he's like Jawan Howard. He will play a season in Miami. He has yeah. to. He has to. He has to. It's it's all right, man. Juwan got you coaching staff. No, but to your point, man. Like I do think it's not only that. It's not only the fact that your guys are going to be valuable, thinking that your organization is onto something and they're not going to leave. But it is what gets you in the room with those free agents and having a legitimate shot. Like, all right, if we were to look at this landscape last year, all right, Kevin Durant was going to go to Golden State probably no matter what. But was Boston second? Because Boston was the team that was young, up and coming. They had all those pieces. They looked like they were building something. So, I mean, I, I just think that there is value to show. Yeah, look at these guys are doing something productive. They are going to be uh, guys who can be part of a winner. If it's on Whiteside, you gave them $98 million and they were the part of the team that had the second worst record in the league. Who the hell wants to saddle up next to that guy for five years for a championship run? Just it's not going to happen. Yeah, so you have, you have to make your whether it's free agency, whether it's trading, uh, whether it's no matter what it is, like you have to make your team attractive, right? So maybe it's, everyone's saying with the new CBA, the a free agency is not going to be as big a deal. Okay, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But what we talked about, when even when it comes to trading pieces, like if you're this loser franchise, nobody wants your pieces, right? And it, no, like nobody wants like the crap from your crappy team. Like you have to, you have to have something there, right? Like right now, Spo is looking like top three coach in the league. Like that is valuable as shit when you're oh Gianni write the time down. I'm sorry, I curse. I try to go the whole time, dude. I try to, you guys can't so good. Yeah, it's like Tobin's a seasoned professional, so he doesn't curse on air. I was actually wondering when I came on, I was like, Man, can I let the expletives fly today? No, you, dude, we we, we used, used to be oh. corporately sponsored. Oh, look at you boys. Yeah. Good for you, man. You know, Robert cursed on the air today. I had to dump it. Drop me an S-bomb <laughs> right in the middle of the segment. It happens from time to time. I was going to say, does that happen often? 
I've done it before. I, I dropped I, like it just in like the mid conversation because sometimes you know five thirty in the morning we start that show and I think I just dropped an f bomb in the middle like it was nothing. But luckily I have the uh, the magic red button right in front of me. I didn't curse one time when I was on with Ethan. Good for you, man. I'm That's very proud of that. Tobin, we had a, yeah. I used to do my campus radio show at FIU. We had these boxers on, and, and the guy producing it was like his second day producing. And the boxers kept saying bad words, and a couple of them got on air. And I'm sweating. I'm thinking, oh god, did he did he dump that? I hope he dumped that. And I just I got to keep it going. And then the first time that they curse, it's the worst thing you can do. She cursed and she stopped. She let it sit there, and I'm like, oh no. Oh. Thankfully, nobody was. Listening <laughs> it's tough, man. Morning. Yeah. That that dump button's a tricky thing, and uh, yeah, I think the worst. The worst that we had Antonio Tarver on probably like four months ago. He would not stop cursing, but he was actually patient enough to get back on the air and then keep cursing. So how do you deal? With, uh, how do you deal with that? I mean, you just you, you kind of just have to explain to them as it's going. Like, um, it's a lot harder when you're hosting because you don't have control of the phone after two dumps. Like it's kind of out of your hands and my producer, Robbie will have to handle it. Like, but if I was to do, if I'm on uh, the side of the glass when I'm with Zaz and, and Rob's and Amber, um, you just got to explain to people like, Hey, you know, you, know, you can't, we're going to be back in, you, you can then talk in 20 seconds. Please don't do it again. Um, you know, but for the most part, for the people that you think have an idea that they're going to curse, like, yeah, if you could tape them, it is ideal. But <laughs> it's uh, like, I think we had, a, oh, man, I remember this was one of my first three weeks interning. And we had, we had, uh, what is that? The porn convention down here with the, the, the XXX porn convention. Exotica or something. Exotica. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we had one of those, and they came in for for Sid show to Sid Rosenberg, and oh. it was you know who the porn star was? It was it was uh, this this one old veteran, this old the old savvy vet blonde, and then it was that Brie Olson, the one who ended up with Charlie Sheen. It was before she was with Charlie Sheen, and and you said the uh, old savvy vet blonde. Yeah, you know what I'm talking. We all know who we all know yeah. who she is. So. Um, and and so like this one would not stop stop being very graphic and 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 she's like she's like oh yeah I, I I've known Ron Jeremy he bent me over a chair and looked me I was like oh. and my program director at the time was in there he like he he was a giant man he's almost seven foot tall uh, and he was like trying to leap himself through the glass to try and hit the dump button <laughs> she just would not stop cursing she was like oh radio I don't know they don't know. And that's always sometimes that makes for the best stuff, but uh, but it's uh, it's iffy. I never cursed, but I feel like Ethan wished he could dump me a few times. Ethan was terrified of you, Alf. Yeah, they, I could he hear the fear on <laughs> Ethan. It, it it made for some good show moments, but it was just didn't care. Perk was it was just dude. It was just it was awkward because I I one time I said Goran could barely speak English. <laughs> I cringed. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Then it was, but after, I after the show, I, Ethan, Ethan looked like somebody shot his dog. So I was like, okay, I, <laughs> maybe I'll <laughs> maybe yeah. I'll stop. It's um, funny. Like, you know what the funny thing is, though? Like, uh, we don't have 
I've gotten Zaz in trouble on some stuff too, what I've done before. Like, uh, I made like Goron Dragon. We made this musical video of him as a cartoon dragon, Goron the Tragic Dragon. And apparently, like, somebody did not take kindly to that in the Heat organization. And I was like, sorry. Sorry for being funny. Sorry we were having some fun. But that's like that's what I was like. I can't do this. Like when I was on the air, I was like, I can't do this scared. Like I can't not like if I think something's funny, I have to say it because yeah. like I can't I can't do it scared. I can't like oh god, I hope Goron doesn't hear this. Like I don't think that way. Like I don't think anyone's listening to me, and that's what that was. That's what makes it better. Like no one's gonna hear this crap. Let me say Goron can't speak English too well. Like, even, if they, <laughs> even if they do end up hearing, like, listen, some of them may be super super sensitive. Most of them are cool. They think it's funny. Like I. Like Yelich, totally cool. Yo, no, Yelich was not cool. About Yelich was so cool. Eat that oh, ass. Dude, he was, no, he was not cool about eat that ass. No, no. That, <laughs> that's all I know about Yelich. <laughs> but we, uh, we went to a Marlins game as like Heat beat slash Heat Twitter, and uh, Yelich was in the outfield. That's all we were yelling. Eat that ass. <laughs> we got the section in on it. It was fun. Oh man, how, how much did we have to drink tonight? That was like, oh, that was a bullpen night. Yeah, that was bad. We don't if, we don't talk about that on air. If he was involved in said video, I don't understand why he would be <laughs> trying to get his lawyers to fix that. I don't understand why. That's Wouldn't like, waste the law fees. <laughs> it's just natural. <laughs> my favorite story in Miami sports is. <laughs> I still laugh. It makes me smile. My favorite part about it, though, is that he was just like... Uh, my 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 team is looking into this defamatory <laughs> video. We're all just like, what video? What is talking yeah, exactly. about? mad. That's what makes the story great. We're like, what is he talking about? Oh, oh, there's this video. So that's when you go searching for it. Yep. yep. That's like Mike Rappaport in the herpes. Yep. Like, once you start getting mad about the herpes, it was like, yo, this cat really had herpes. Who made, she had some who herpes. Made the looping yeah. Who made the looping gif of the herpes into his face? Oh yeah, that was pretty. That was, was gross. That uh, nah, I don't think Slim. I don't know, man. Somebody. I didn't even. I couldn't even favorite it. It was so gross. And then he he kept. That's the thing with Rappaport. Like no matter who came at him, he kept responding. Like he was going back and forth with me. And like some of his minions are still adding me on and like he trying has to minions? come. Yeah, he has like but obviously far less than Levitar does. I, I really think he picked like the wrong fan base area of the country to mess with because we're a bunch of savages and we've been waiting for somebody to pick on for years. We're, we're experienced at this. Like other fan oh, base, yeah. what other fan base in sports, like in the Twitter era, has had to face what Miami's face? Like nobody. We were prepared. We were trained. What did Bain say? No, that's what I said about Mike Ryan. I said Rappaport merely adopted slander. Ryan was born in it, molded by it. That's how <laughs> our internet experience happened. Like we were in that space. That's all we know, dude. Like I'm telling you, it's like a bat signal goes up. Like, and the thing is, like, and you know, like most of Heat Twitter, like beefs with Matt Ryan, Mike Ryan on a regular basis. Oh, like, deuces. like we. Like he deuces, perhaps, because he had that tweet about last year's team. What was it? As soon as Bosch went down, no, again after the Spurs game when they lost the Boban and yeah, and then he, break, he said, deuces. "Tobin, do you do you know about this tweet? That tweet, Mike Ryan goes, yeah, he um, said like least favorite Heat team ever, deuces, yeah. deuces, yeah. So honestly, like we we have been going at Mike Ryan over that tweet for what two years now. Oh my God." 
And then, so, but as soon as Mike Ryan gets into a Twitter beat, it's like the bat signal goes up. And everybody's like, no, 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 he's ours. One of us. Like, yeah, <laughs> like he's one of us. We're, we're going to slander the hell out of this Knicks. And then for it to be a Knicks fan, oh, my, oh my God. That just made it so much sweeter. Miami still kind of does that for Dwayne sometimes. Like if Dwayne, like the other day, oh. Dwayne was getting slandered for not being as good as Westbrook, and he Twitter's like, "Yo, that boy," because <laughs> they were saying Westbrook is better than Prime Wade. Like no, like no, no, no. We no Prime Wade was ours. Like that's when his name was spelled correctly. Like now he's D U A N E, Dwayne Wade. Like, I, I will sit here and call Dwayne fat all day long. Do not let a Chicago fan call him fat or lazy or doesn't get back on defense. That'll piss me off. Yeah, we can say that. Those Chicago fans are ingrates. I remember Spurs Twitter was picking on Dwayne, like, a week after he left. And, like, Fitz is like, it's not our battle anymore, guys. It's not our battle. Nope. But it still is. It is, kind of. We're, it's hard to turn it off. When they talk about Prime Wade, when they talk about Prime Wade, I get pissed. When someone says Allen Iverson is better all time than Wade, that'll trigger me every single time. Allen Iverson is the most overrated athlete in professional sports. Okay, that now see, and then, what? then you, you take it too far every time. It's not. <laughs> you always do this. Like, wh- how do you, like how do you go from? He's not better than Prime Wade to most overrated athlete. I, I mean, athlete. I think he's me. great. No, I think he is. Like you, you act like Tim Tebow didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's saying Tim Tebow's one of the 50 greatest players ever. But I mean, Tim Tebow. not better than Chris Bosh. It's hard. It's two different positions. He's not. I mean, why Why would... Well, I mean, the guy... You know he's I mean? a, like, no, but like I'm saying, like, nobody, nobody thinks of Chris Bosh. He's not better than Dwight Howard. And people no, think of see, as a punchline. Tobin, do you see why we have issues here? Like he goes. Like <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Tobin. Tell me I'm wrong. I like. I listen. I'm not calling him the most overrated athlete of all time. Uh, but I do like it. with that style of play, that fearlessness that he was small. Wait, you know, to the but you, you know what though? Like he does have the endorsement of like all the guys from Dwayne's era. Like they all love him. But they he's do worshipped. By I know, but he's not. He was inefficient. Well, he was a bad defender. Like he wasn't even a. a they all, defender. they all, they all, they also voted James Harden MVP the year Steph Curry was clearly the MVP. So though, I mean, that's listen. That's like why they do these players only uh, games on TNT. I'm like, okay, enough. Like I don't need to just hear from players. That was so weird yesterday. Like yeah, they're, they're all they're bad. sitting. In- they're all yeah. sitting in the locker room and they're all like, yeah, well, this is what we got to do. I'm like, who is we? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're not You're just a bunch of dudes like, in a fake locker room right now. What are you talking about? Where, What's where, happening? Where's Matt Weiner to regulate this crap? Yeah. <laughs> Ernie would not be having this bleep right now. What are you talking get, get out of here. So bad. Like, it's just... It's like, what, what? what is the FIU basketball coach doing in here? What is happening? <laughs> Wait, he was? It, Oh, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, see, you missed a joke, dude. You just totally blew the joke. No, you know what happened there is that I've covered FIU basketball, and I was like, wait, which coach? (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, people, like, I don't care what players say about Allen Iverson. Like, the whole hand in the dirt played the game crap. Like, 
some of the worst, like Reggie Miller played the game, and he is literally the worst broadcaster in the history of sports. Like, he sucks. Most overrated player. Well, look, what started this entire thing was Magic Johnson being a terrible broadcaster. It was basically Dan's point. Terrible Yeah. I mean, like, Magic Johnson, hello. Like, it's one of the greatest players of all time. Can't stand him on TV or Twitter. Great businessman, no, I right? Great wait, 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 why? Why? Because he invested in Starbucks? Yeah, no. that was smart. Everybody knew that. was Like, Starbucks, they sell overpriced coffee. Like, everybody knew that was a good investment. Those Magic Johnson theaters, hey, you want to get shot? Go see a movie at a Magic Johnson theater. What? Like, yeah, I can say that. I'm black. It doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, like... I'm not familiar with what, what happened. Magic Johnson movie theaters? They're like the center for like every crime investigation from, from 2000 to 2005. Every, uh, every murder in America could be traced back to a Magic Johnson theater for five years. Like, no, I'm serious. Like, imagine, yeah. like every See, week. That would have cost the Lakers job. Like, if we would have known this. Every every Saturday night, there was a shooting at a at an airing of Friday After Next. Like, come on. Nobody presents this to Genie Bus. <laughs> but, yeah, he's a great businessman. Yeah, he. Great he, businessman. He contributed, so more to, he contributed more to black on black crime than gangster rap. your check engine light on don't ignore it stop by o'reilly auto parts today and let our professional parts people scan your vehicle for free we'll retrieve the codes discuss possible solutions and even help you find a professional technician if needed visit o'reilly auto parts today for our free check engine light help o'reilly auto parts better parts better prices every day oh 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 o'reilly auto parts everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.